Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll dedicate our time to the sixth of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount. Each of the Beatitudes describes a characteristic of God's holy people and a blessing upon them that results. The theme of this beatitude is purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Stop right there, because I already see a problem. Now, I don't know about you. Okay, that's not exactly true. I do know about you because you're a fallen human being just like me. What I know is true of myself is true of you too. And that is, I am not pure in heart. My heart is desperately wicked and cannot be trusted. God said so himself in Jeremiah 17.9, so I know it's true of us all. And I see the evidence of this every day. So then, what does Jesus mean here? In what way is any person pure in heart? Why is it important? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now I want that. But I know what's in my heart, so I'm already concerned, and I'll be paying attention. And I hope you will be too, all week. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Want to See God? We've titled this today, Want to See God? as a question, and there is a way to do that, and this beatitude speaks of that. I want to uh, start, though, by having you look with me at a scene from oh, about 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah recounts this from the day when the Lord rather dramatically called him to be his prophet to Judah. It's in Isaiah chapter 6. He begins this way. In the year of King Uzziah's death, now that's how we can pinpoint the timing of the beginning of his ministry. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Isaiah was granted a vision of the throne room of heaven, very much like the apostle John was granted in Revelation chapter 4. And he describes it this way. Seraphim stood above him. Seraph is a a high-ranking class of angel. Seraphim, he put I-M on the end of many Hebrew words to make them plural. So seraphim, plural, stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And we say, oh, good, now I know what a seraph looks like. Uh, Yeah, right. And one called out to the other and said, holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. So he's allowed to have this this vision of the throne room of heaven, um, and he sees it surrounded by these special angels. That's always the case when you see that in Scripture. What stands out to any person or any angel 
who sees the throne room of heaven is that this manifests holiness. Holy means set apart. This is, this is set apart from everything else. There is nothing like seeing God in His glory sitting on His throne. They even cry out, holy, 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 back and forth between the, 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 the different angels. The, the thrice holy, probably a reflection of the Trinitarian nature of God. Well, we wouldn't stand on that one or live or die on that one. But it shows how profoundly God is set apart. Another reason for the threefold repetition is likely just the, the, the Hebraism of saying something three times to make sure you emphasize it as much as you possibly could. By the way, John's version of this, Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, what did he see around the throne? They were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. So Isaiah had a chance to see that and hear the proclamation of the holiness of God. And his reaction was dramatic. Isaiah 6, verses 4 and 5. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Again, go ahead and imagine it any way you like. It was more awesome than you can imagine. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Why would he say, Woe is me? That means, that means I'm damned. I'm a dead man. Surely this is going to lead to my death. Woe is me, why? For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Anytime in Scripture that a person gets even a glimpse of the holiness of God and of His glory, that person is humbled and profoundly aware of how sinful and unworthy they are to be in the presence of God. It is not like the people who write the phony books now that, hey, I got a chance to go visit God in heaven and we talked for a while and he asked my advice on some things and this is really cool and I'm going to go back and write a book. Uh, It's never like that. If the lips are unclean, the heart is unclean. Lips, uh, speaking of speech, uh, everything that crosses your lips originates in your heart and Isaiah knew his own heart. It was not Isaiah, it was Jeremiah that said that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can, who can know it? But I, believe me, Isaiah knew the sinfulness of his heart. And immediately, Isaiah, having proclaimed his own damnation, woe is me, he was immediately granted God's mercy and God's grace. Look at verses 6 and 7. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. Now, I can't be sure what was in Isaiah's heart, but if I had just said, I'm a dead man because of what what I've just seen, and a six-winged glorious angel comes at me with a burning coal, I'm thinking, well, I know how I'm going to be exiting. I mean, this guy's coming with a portable incinerator. And he's coming right at me. What does he do? He touched my mouth with it. Now, I don't think that would be very pleasant either, but that's obviously a symbolic act. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, 
This has touched your lips. Where did it come from? It came from the holy altar of God. This has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. That's a a summary of what salvation is all about. From the, the holy God comes His mercy, so we don't receive what we deserve, and His grace, so that we deserve what we so that we get what we don't deserve, and now our sin is forgiven, our iniquity is taken away. To stand in the presence of God and to see Him as He is requires your sin has to be taken out of the way. It has to be removed. It has to be cleansed. It has to be forgiven. And that's what Isaiah received in this symbolic way that showed that God forgave him and cleansed him. Now, from that day on, Isaiah lived out his commission that he received from the Lord that day. He served as God's prophet. He did so for about 53 years. His ministry spanned the reigns of four kings, starting with the year that Uzziah died and the four that came after him in Judah. And this incredibly dramatic scene that Isaiah describes for us is a perfect backdrop against which you can understand the beatitude that is before us today. As you study the beatitudes, it takes you to the the core of the life-changing realities of knowing Christ. You can sugarcoat Christianity all you want, and there's a lot of sugar-frosted versions of Christianity uh, running around. You can say that your goal is to make people feel good about themselves, to make, them, make, make sure that when people leave church, they, they feel better than, than when they came. But you can't do that without altering the gospel. Now, I don't mean my goal is to make sure you're miserable when you leave church. I don't want anybody leaving here feel good. That's not the point. The point is, you have to come here on the basis of what Christ has done for you. He's taken care of your sin problem. The good news is that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Well, He died for our sins. You've got to know the bad news about your sin problem before the good news makes any sense. So, nobody's life is ever changed for eternity by um, dodging the rather blunt proclamations of Jesus and of the whole Bible, and especially here these beginning verses of the Sermon on the Mount. Now consider where we've been so far. Not hard to review this. Each beatitude is one verse. Matthew 5, 3 through 7. So far we've seen, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What Jesus is saying is those are the people who are blessed. They and they alone are blessed. Every one of the pronouns in here in the promise is an emphatic pronoun. They and they alone will inherit the kingdom of earth. They and they alone will be comforted. Nobody else will be, will be satisfied. It says that over and over again. So he's saying no one is saved except those who begin by recognizing that spiritually they're bankrupt. No one is saved except those who see sin for what it is and it grieves them. 
So when they see their sin, it produces mourning. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.